This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. And today we're going to be talking on a very interesting topic. It's the unimaginable. Your town or city is leveled by a natural disaster, in this case a tornado. Well, the unimaginable happened to a city called Greensburg, Kansas. Back in May of 2007, it made national news. What's very interesting about this story, however, is the way that the town came together to rebuild and also employing green practices and sustainable practices and sort of going back to the drawing board. And I have on the line with me to discuss this very interesting story is Daniel Wallach, who is the director of an organization called Greensburg Greentown, uh, which has a formal relationship with the city to do the rebuilding and implement these green practices. So first of all, Daniel, welcome to Green Talk Radio. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So this is a fascinating story. Tell us, first of all, if you could tell us a little bit about, I'd like to just hear about the story of, of the tornado, just as a reminder to our, our listeners that may have forgotten some of the details and so forth. I mean, and, and also, you know, what was the impact on the city, the, the level of the destruction and such? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's really quite amazing. It's almost kind of mythical in, in, in how it unfolded. Um, and EF5, tornado, which is the highest ferocity intensity uh, tornado measurable. In fact, others think it was greater than that, but um, um, it was a 1.7 mile wide tornado that uh, started at the beginning of the town um, at that magnitude and went all the way through. And now this town is two miles wide. So it almost destroyed every single structure in the town. It was actually somewhere between 90 and 95 percent of the town was wow. destroyed. Wow. Um, the the miracle in all of it was that um, fewer than a dozen people died. Um, they say had there not been the great warning that came from uh, the weather center, uh, that easily three to four hundred people could have could have died. I mean, the destruction was that severe. Even people in their basements were affected um, because the, the destruction was that complete. Um, so that the good news was, although it was still a tragedy, of course, uh, that more people didn't die. But um, infrastructure-wise, materially, the, the, the town was, was destroyed. So it was, uh, the only options were walking away from it, or completely rebuilding from scratch this town. And the character of the people who live there and the uh, resilience of, of that culture, uh, which is you know classic rural America, very independent, very strong, uh, and their heritage is people that, that have come back from adversity and you know they pioneered, they homesteaded out there. So these people were 
never, never a doubt they were going to rebuild this town and, um, they chose to do that right away and, and they were very, uh, excited about the concept, uh, you know, given the name of the town Greensburg, it made sense to, uh, perhaps rebuild and, and pioneer green in, in that way. And really? Now, so it's, that it was the, the name of the town actually had some effect in that as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know what, it just made a lot of sense, uh, to rebuild with that identity, that it would bring a kind of uh, resources and exposure uh, to the town that otherwise wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely helped kind of sell the concept. Okay, so so who was the original, or what group of individuals uh, was the were the original impetus behind sort of going green? I mean, other than the the name of the city, obviously there had to be some sort of. I would imagine some collective groundswell of interest in sustainable living and, and sustainable building um, with regards to rebuilding the city. Uh, who was the original sort of organization that got behind that? Well, it was really, um, I mean, you know, the time has come for an idea when several people haven't had that idea simultaneously. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with Greensburg. Fortunately, the mayor and the city administrator both had the idea in the very beginning. Uh, but somebody also did from the governor's office, and I did. And I lived about 35 miles north of the town. The storm missed us by about two miles. Um, so we developed a concept paper um, talking about the potential in rebuilding Greensburg Green. And we took that down to the first um, town meeting following the storm, which was exactly a week after the the, the storm. And um, I spoke with the mayor and the city administrator and said, you know, their hands were full. And I said, if you let me kind of spearhead this idea, I'll, I'll take it and do that. And we built this organization and, and kind of organized the community around it, did a lot of listening to the community and a lot of educating the community and, 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 uh, and, and the rest of that is in history. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you right there. We're going to uh, come back and I have some more questions for you. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio after this short break. Thank you. Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we are back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. I'm talking to Daniel Wallach, who is the director of Greensburg Greentown, which is an organization related to Greensburg, Kansas, the city that was devastated by the May 2007 tornado. Daniel, we were talking before the break about how this all sort of came to pass after the devastation occurred, how the idea to go green as a community during the rebuilding process I'm just curious about moving forward from that. Tell us about the first steps that occurred to sort of bring the community together around this, you know, sort of financially, the building, bring us forward and how this actually started taking place. Yeah, well, the um, the storm which really devastated the community, um, uh, I, my wife and I live out in the country about 35 miles north of the town, and we were missed uh, by that storm that night by about two miles. So we felt very lucky, uh, but really saddened uh, by what had happened to our neighbors. So just moved to thinking about how we could help the community. And um, 
I wrote a concept paper about rebuilding the town green and all the benefits that would provide uh, this community. And I took it down and presented a concept paper to the city leaders that met for the first time following the storm uh, a week after that storm and found that the mayor and city administrator were already talking about building green. So they had had that idea and somebody from the governor's office had that idea. And so there was a lot of synergy there. Um, and I proposed to both the city administrator and the mayor that they let me kind of spearhead this effort since their hands were so full. And um, I, I did that, and um, the community, it's largely been about the education process of the community. What is green? What does it mean to rebuild green? What does it mean to be the model green city in America? I mean, it's a pretty ambitious undertaking. So there was a lot of interviewing done, a lot of listening, a lot of uh, sharing of ideas, and getting a sense of what, what would make people in this community uh, really make this initiative their own because if it was something that was being foisted upon them from outside the community, that wasn't going to work. That would not be sustainable. It had to be something they really felt passionate about and invested in. And again, that was really achieved by uh, a lot of a lot of interviewing and a lot of uh, listening and crafting something that these people are now very excited about. And when you come to visit Greensburg, Kansas, you, you really get a sense that something special is happening here and that these people are indeed on the cutting edge of, of sustainable building. So tell us, what would people see if they came to visit Greensburg, Kansas? Well, right now what you'd see, uh, it's still striking in the barrenness of the land. The trees were stripped of everything. So those that survived... Um, look very kind of surreal. It looks like a very different landscape. But there are now uh, over 150 houses that have been built or being built. Um, a number of them uh, built to exemplary um, energy efficiency and, and sustainably uh, designed uh, standards. Um, on the commercial and municipal side, there are 30 buildings going up, everything from churches to city hall that are being built, many of them, to lead uh, certification standards. Uh, and, and so all that is very exciting. And there's a comprehensive master plan that's laid out that shows everything from the, the walking paths and biking trails and um, the downtown streetscape design. Everything is, is being built with sustainability in mind. So um, that, that plan... Um, actually is is a treat for those of us that have, have studied sustainability to to see what is going to be in the town uh, in the future. But if you come to town now, again, you see a lot of, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of pounds, uh, tons of debris have been removed, and you're literally seeing this, this blank slate um, coming up from the ashes again. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're sort of really, as we speak, as we're recording this interview, you're you're really just in sort of the, it sounds like the baby steps of the rebuilding, actual rebuilding process. Yes, there are a number of buildings again that you can see in process and see that uh, what sustainable design looks like. 
uh, but very little has been actually completed yet. I see. And the residents in the town, I'm just curious, how many are, are still are living in the community and how many have moved out and are sort of waiting to come back? You know, pre-storm, there were about 1,400 in town, and now there's about 800. And uh, the folks, most of the folks that left were elderly and just did not have the energy to rebuild. But just about everybody else, um, I mean, a large percentage of the folks are, are back and committed to rebuilding and either have rebuilt their homes or in the process of doing so. Do, do you feel that this whole situation and what's occurred here, is this something that, that America should be paying attention to as a whole? I mean, it's obviously it's a very small community of less than 1,000 people, and it's, it's certainly tragic that this happened. But why, why do you feel like this is a really important thing for people to be paying attention to nationwide? You know, it is, a, I think, a really significant um, development in this country because, well, you know, it's, uh, first of all, it's uh, politically, it's a very conservative uh, town, 81% registered Republicans. And the environmental movement itself has been um, really deeply politicized, and that has caused a large portion of this country not to be involved in it. And in fact, that was our biggest challenge going in is people did not want to be identified with a political agenda. And we helped um, kind of demystify it and help people understand that, you know, the environment is, is, is not a political issue. You know, the air we breathe is we all breathe it. The water we drink, we all drink it. Uh, you know, people clean up their houses and yards and they don't think of that as an environmental issue. They don't sit in the garage with the car running. Uh, that's not an environmental issue. It's just common sense. And, and so it's getting this demographic uh, both to understand that and, more importantly, to take a lead in problem solving. You know, these are farmers and ranchers are innovators. They are, by nature, problem solvers. And so to bring them into this discussion, into this issue, it, I think is a tremendous benefit to this country. Uh, and then, you know, other rural communities who really, um, you know, don't really care what's happening in the Northeast or in California, take note in a different way when it's happening in very conservative Kansas. So all of that, I think, is significant. And, and politicians, I think, are taking note as well that, uh, again, a conservative area that in the past has been rather... Um, unconcerned or and sometimes hostile toward environmental issues are now saying, wait a minute, you know, energy independence, um, that's something we care about. Um, a lot of these folks make their living off the land, so they're very concerned about climate change and, and, and what's happening there. So that's, that's why it's all, I think, just really significant what's happening here. And, and we have found that this the comeback of this community has struck such a chord uh, by anybody who's concerned about what's happening in the environment and and about the problem solving aspect of it that they're fascinated about this town that you know was dealt this blow and and how they're coming back and how they're dealing with some of these issues and in fact taking a lead yeah it's inspiring i have to say and and i agree with you 100 percent about the politicization you know it makes no more sense for you know environmental issues to be associated with a particular party than it does you know for in this case the environmental movement being associated with being you know democratic 
uh, versus as it than it does for you know fiscal issues uh, or fiscal. Uh, uh, let's see, I, I guess uh, aptitude to be associated with the Republican Party. I mean, we all need to be fiscally responsible and that gets associated with, you know, sort of more on the right wing. And and so these issues do affect all of us. So I agree with you 100 percent on that. Uh, well, that's fascinating. I, I want to come back. I have another a couple more questions for you. We're going to take one more break and then we will be back with Daniel Wallach, who is the director of the Greensburg Greentown organization. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. This is Sean Daly. We're back on Green Talk Radio, and we're talking to Daniel Wallach, who is the director of Greensburg Greentown of Greensburg, Kansas, the city that was leveled in the May 2007 tornado. Daniel, before the break, we were talking about, you know, the the plans for the city, where it's at. We were talking about, um, you know, the the fact that this is really not it should not be a politicized issue. I'm curious about how can people and how can companies that are involved in green, sustainable products be helping uh, Greensburg right now? Because it sounds like you guys are in the middle of this process and that you're still needing help, probably financially and otherwise. How can people out there help you guys? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. It it is, um, you know, the people in town are, 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 um, they don't want to be identified as victims and, 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 you know, with their handout for charity, that's real clear that the tornado, as they say here, the tornado is history. And that's more ways than one. Um, and, and they are have very, uh, very positive about the future. And they, um, what we're kind of conceptualized the town as a living science museum that this is going to be a place for people around the world, including media, to come and tell the story of sustainable design and green living. And that there's this, you know, this pretty tidy little model, this microcosm of an American town where all these things can be demonstrated and displayed. And so we have a number of, of corporations that, that are, um, have a presence in town and, uh, showing their wares. And, and you know, one example is we have a toilet company out of, um, it's actually out of Australia that's now in, in North America called Coroma. And they produce... Not to be confused with Corona the beer. <laughs> Coroma? No, is no, always... no. This is Coroma <laughs> with an M at the end. Got it. Coroma. And they, um, it, like I say, it's an Australian uh, uh, plumbing fixture company. Mm-hmm. And they developed a dual flush toilet which is a state-of-the-art um, uh, product that uses very little water, and it's a very high-functioning product. In other words, it performs very well. And they donated 400 of those toilets to town, and that is helping both the residents come back, um, but it's also giving Coroma a place to showcase their wares. And as the, the, the world comes to see what Greensburg is about, they're going to see that product demonstrated here and they're you know residents are using them so they'll be able to talk about their experience with them. 
and evolve. Hopefully, hopefully uh, not. In, hopefully not in too much detail in this case, but I, I get where you're going with that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know, it is something everybody has one, so That's everybody right. has an instinct. And it's interesting, they've um, covered, and, in this case, they've covered about uh, one-third of the town with actually that donation, which is very generous of them, so that's, that's quite something. It's huge. You know, it's a, it's a $120,000 retail donation to the town. But more than that, you know, it's, it's I mean, it, they did it because it's the right thing to do, but it's also, it, it's a very savvy kind of advertising move because there is so, so many eyes on Greensburg and what's happening. And we're able to tell the story of what we're doing in this town with products like that. And for example, those 400 toilets we've calculated will save between 5 and 10 million gallons of water a year um, wow. over what, what the pre-storm toilets were using. And that's only, so, that's yeah. only 400 of them. I mean, that's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, we've got a company, Evolve uh, Showerhead, same thing. A low-flow showerhead with a new technology, a very interesting product, um, and they dem- uh, distributing it to everybody in town. And um, again, it's a great gift to the community, and it's also helping evolve a small company, kind of tell their story. And 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 so those are the kinds of things we're doing with companies, and then individuals can can go to GreensburgGreentown.org and learn all about our organization and if they want to contribute we're a charitable organization we we need help to to help realize this vision and then volunteers we're always looking for volunteers that want to get involved as well great and so so people can contact your organization if they're interested in volunteering to help yep great at, at greensburggreentown.org they can find all that information and let me know, and we'll get them hooked in. Okay, and I'm going to spell that so people know. It's Greensburg, B-U-R-G, uh, greentown.org. So greensburggreentown.org. You got it. Okay. Well, my guest today has been Daniel Wallach. He's the director of Greensburg Greentown. It's an organization that's helping the city of Greensburg, Kansas, rebuild after a devastating tornado and rebuild in a green and sustainable fashion. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the program. This is a very inspiring story. We wish you much luck in rebuilding the town and as well as the endeavors in helping the community rebuild in a green fashion. Uh, Thanks for coming on and sharing your story with our listeners today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.